0: welcome to another episode of high output AI where Elliot and Tom discuss all the tools and techniques that make AI happen
1: I I got a bottle of wine upstairs but I didn't crack it open for this I'm still uh, still a bit sore from the old run this morning and I figure I'm, I'm- off to the land of Nod if I have a little, uh, little drink with this episode. Um,
0: as someone said to me, you'll, you'll be
1: with big ears in no time. Yeah, exactly. Get that niche reference. Yes, Australiana. Um, mate, how are you?
0: I am so good. I don't have a run to do after this, so I'm so much more relaxed than last recording. <laughs> it was like oh, on edge being like, oh God, i got to go for the run. But I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk AI. I'm so excited for this episode.
1: Yeah, I am keen as well. This is an interesting topic I've seen come up a few times. Um, we picked it as the question for this week uh, because I saw a post in Hacker News, uh, and I just want to start by just reading this comment. It was a comment on a random AI story, um, but I've, I think it really... Oh, no. Let me just <laughs> get it up. Classic Classic, classic. Okay, so uh, it was on a story from a leaked memo from Google that says basically we have no moat. uh, Neither does OpenAI. Open source AI will be the future of all of this. Uh, To that, I strongly say we told you so. But this comment really stood out to me, Uh, and it's by a user called uh, D A H Wolf. So if you happen to be listening, Star Wolf. The Wolf, if you happen to be listening, thank you for putting this comment out there because it yep. really solidified a lot of the thinking I've had recently. So, <laughs> and we love a bit of group
0: think out here.
1: <laughs> 100%. So let me read this to you. Uh, the current paradigm is that AI is the destination, a product that you go to interact with. That is not at all how the masses are going to interact with AI in the near future. It's going to be seamlessly integrated into everyday software, into Office, Google Docs, the operating system on your phone, your graphics editor like Photoshop, every major web platform, search, image search, YouTube, and all the like. Since Google and the other big tech firms continue to control these billion-user platforms, they have AI reach, even if they're temporarily behind in capability. They'll also find ways to integrate this where you don't have to directly pay for the capability, i.e., ads. OpenAI faces the existential risk, not Google. They'll catch up with what they have and reach a subsidy advantage. And it doesn't end there. This so-called competition from open source is going to be free labor and winning ideas ported into Google's product on short notice. Thanks open source. So now a little bit cheek there at the end around open source, but to summarize that into today's question, it is, will AI be a product? like it is today with say ChatGPT or is it going to be a feature of many many products in the future and I think this is a very interesting one to dive into
0: Absolutely and what this did for me as well as I've been toying this around in my head for a couple of weeks I've had a, I've had a, one of our communal notes pages ready to go on this and I just hadn't really hadn't really nailed it, nailed it because it was part of the AI value chain and one bit I was stuck on was what I called the consumer layer and this just made it come clear to me as well and so what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of botch these two ideas together of is, is AI a product or a feature and we're going to talk about the whole AI value chain because I think one thing we've talked about is that like AI is kind of nuanced we say AI at the moment everyone just thinks of open AI they just think of Google but there's a lot of different players that we, that are involved and there's going to be even more involved when we fast forward 10 years as well so we're going to kind of mash these two together in some Wonderful conversation today, and explore this big question of is AI a product or a feature? So, Elliot, do you want to start us off with kind of giving us an overview of this idea of what a product or a feature is, uh, explained in current terms today?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. So much like that commenter on Hacker News, I think today, and and when I say today, I mean like literally right now, in the peak of this AI hype curve. AI itself is a product. You go and you interact with large language models like ChatGPT, with MidJourney, with all of these other tools pretty much directly. Yeah, look, there's an interface on top of them. But the distance between you and the AI is very, very small. And there is an investment thesis that these products will dominate the market and take over all of these other things. That's when AI is a product. That's when AI can probably charge $20 a month for a subscription. Now, the other side is the feature. That is, products that solve a very specific need may use AI in their workflow. Now, that's not the AI of yesteryear where it's basic recommendation models and everything else. This could be large language models, but it's built into Microsoft Word. This could be image generation and image modification, but it's built into Photoshop. And when AI is sitting there, I think there's going to be much more reluctance from the general consumer to pay $20 a month to access an additional feature and providers are basically going to be racing to the bottom on price. And we're going to come back to the age old thing where it's distribution wins always and platform providers make a fuck ton of money on the way through.
0: I think this isn't the best example to sum this up is using stability and stable diffusion. So Stable Diffusion, image generation, it's done fantastic. It's great. We love what they're doing there. Open source model. But everyone keeps talking about how this is the death of creators and the death of Photoshop, etc. But are people that currently using Photoshop going to switch to Stability AI's version of Photoshop that they're creating? Probably not. Photoshop's a fantastic, well-used product. Is, sta- is Stability... And stable diffusion more likely to end up as a feature of Photoshop? Definitely.
1: Yeah, man, a hundred percent. And I think this goes doubly when you look at enterprise. I mean, how much enterprise software do we use all yep. the time? It is just absolute dog shit in terms of design and flashiness, but it meets all of these weird esoteric enterprise level considerations that, you know, stability is not gonna suddenly go and do an LDAP server integration. They're just not going to. It doesn't make sense for them. And you you can't throw out however many years of Photoshop's work on user experience just because there's a model that you can write a sentence to and it generates a picture. It's such a small piece of a much bigger product and pipeline.
0: It is significantly easier to integrate AI into already distributed products, Mm -hmm. especially in the enterprise environment. Than it is to build a entire new enterprise platform. That doesn't mean that that won't happen. There will be new enterprise software come out. For example, look what happened with Slack. Chat was there and it was always it's been there for a long time. Slack came along and they won on UX. Obviously, they're now uh, running up against the big competitor Microsoft, and that's a whole discussion in itself. But um, and kind of what happens at the end of the market. But this is what's going to happen on in general that it's going to be integrate into the enterprise software rather than create enterprise software around it. But that doesn't mean there won't be new enterprise software created.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. There are going to be new products, new tools built that are primarily interactions with these. But I think there's going to be more to them than just a flashy AI model. People are going to have those same high expectations. And you know, quite frankly, a lot of what we're seeing right now is flashy demos. It's, I can generate a cool poem or a song by typing the chat GPT, or I can generate an image. But I'm really yet to see these things be put to the test in an actual day-to-day, you know, brownfield project. Not everybody gets to start from, oh, I need a new song or I need a new chapter or a blog post. It's like, all right, here is 40,000 pages of documentation that already exists for the company. Can you slowly work through this and try and make it better without starting again from day one? Yeah, and I yeah I've not seen that succeed just yet.
0: So let's um you you initially gave the example of OpenAI. Let's bring it back to oh sorry Hacker News uh, Dar Wolf gave the example of OpenAI and yep. and Google. Now how do you see that playing out for these two different but working in the similar space companies?
1: So I if I had to place bets I would say Google is going to come out on top here. I think the other thing we've seen that needs to be mentioned here is that running an AI service is an expensive endeavor. Yep. GPU time is not cheap, and you know you really need a compelling reason to be using AI in your product or, or your you know or as a product even. Uh, and when novelties start to wear off around this stuff, and especially when there's competition, that's going to drive prices down. And if I had to bet who has a better chance of succeeding and continuing to run this potentially as a loss leader, I'd bet on Google any day of the week. I think from from OpenAI's perspective, Microsoft might come in and sweep them up and make them a Microsoft team. uh, But on their own, I just think it's going to be next to impossible for them to keep fighting this fight.
0: Yeah, I think it's very difficult to, uh, and we'll get to it in a bit at this at this big model layer at this. Uh, I won't say foundation model, but where there are foundation models involved in it, but this layer where there's massive models, right? It's going to be very hard to earn money there and stay alive as a business because you're going to be competing not only with open source, but you're going to be competing with large companies that are willing to give it away for free, as you said, a loss leader, and make money elsewhere. And this is Google's business model. They give you fantastic tools. They give you Gmail. They give you Google Maps. They give you search and they give you that all for free. Why? So you go look at more ads on YouTube or in your inbox. Yeah, 100%. And and you mentioned it as well. Obviously, OpenAI has an ace in the hole, which is Microsoft, which is a very big investor. But if we consider OpenAI as a separate entity to Microsoft, which they are, life might be uh, a little bit tough for them
1: yeah 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 100 percent. i mean you know who knows what microsoft's been thinking during their time it certainly makes their investment which must yeah. be spent on azure a very smart one because then even if the price crashes they get a cheap acquisition and the revenue flows back yep. into them um but yeah we'll we'll see where that goes you know i don't want to dive too much into is OpenAI doomed they've probably got a few legs underneath yeah, them no,
0: they're, they're not doomed as well like do we do we see challenges with their current model yes are they doomed probably not they're very well funded they produce great ai at the end of the day and they have a very very smart leadership team i'm not sitting here thinking i'm smarter than sam altman that's for sure uh, do we see challenges ahead yeah absolutely but
1: yep for sure yeah. for sure now tell me um i can see in the notes here you put a pretty extensive work through together on 've got yeah. the AI value chain
0: So this has been something I've been thinking about a lot um, both in the current state and the future state and I've just called it the AI value chain which is like how do we get from uh, if we think about you know making a widget the equivalent of that how do we get from stuff out of the ground through to product in people's hands how do we how does that look for AI? And I kind of came up with five steps um, in this value chain. And I want to spend time on the lower end of it, so the one that's closer to the consumer rather than further away from it, um, and tie it back to what we just talked about with this idea that things will become features and given away for free rather than a product in itself. So the first layer is the hardware layer. So these are the chips. We've got the GPUs. Mm -hmm. The second layer is the infrastructure layer. So these are the people that own the chips and provide access to them. The third is what I've called the massive model layer. So these are the big both foundation models and other massive models that are that other AI is built on top of. The next layer is what I've called the application model layer. And then the final layer is the consumer layer. So there's five steps there. I'm just going to like quickly rat- get into the idea of the, the first two because they're pretty they're pretty simple and I don't think too many people will disagree with me on that. So as I said, the hardware layer, these are the chips manufacturers. These are the NVIDIAs, the AMDs of the world and I think we'll see a few more pop up in the space for a couple of different reasons such as one is the Critical Technologies Act and then the second reason as well is we, there's so much focus on the space and there's so much interest in the space that we'll probably see some breakthrough technologies come out of here in the next few years and with that new companies. Um, the infrastructure layer are the people who own the chips and provide access to it. So that's the AWSs, the Azures, the Google Clouds of the world. Um, they their business is owning this stuff and giving it to you, and kind of just charging a fee for that for that ability. They're kind of like almost like the they own they own the power lines equivalent. Um,
1: so I mean, on this, just to make sure we're on the same page, if you had a provider that, let's say, they ran an AI platform, not model specific, but hey, give us your model, we'll run it. And underneath that it might be AWS or, or Google Cloud. Mm. Are you putting them in this layer as well?
0: No, I'm not. No, I'm not. They're in the they're in the one above, which is the massive model layer or the application model. So at the moment we actually have no AI. There has been zero AI made it when we're at. So this is just AWS and they go, "Hey, we have GPUs available for whoever wants them." That's where we're at. Mm-hmm. The Lex layer are uh, the core and the foundation models. So these are the GPTs. These are the stable diffusions. They're the llamas. Open AI, Open AI, Meta, Anthropic, they play at this space. They're building big friggin' massive models. Obviously there's an overlap between the infrastructure layer and the massive models. So Google creates massive models, but they also own some of the infrastructure as well. But we'll just, uh, someone like Anthropic who doesn't own GPUs doesn't play in the infrastructure layer. Does that Does that answer your question from before?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think we're—I mean, there's probably a bunch that blur these lines. Yeah, yeah, this is
0: all a spectrum. Yes, there's going to be people that break. There's going to be rules broken every single one of them. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. And we'll jump into like why I think some companies will be successful. What will make them successful in each of these layers? The next layer I've put on top of this is the application model. And I think it's important to distinguish this between the massive models. And the reason is, is that at the application model, at the end of the day, you have created AI, but I don't think AI is your complete secret source. I don't think it's your sole reason to exist. Um, I'd say this layer plays both. It, this is probably the most gray area where it plays into the massive model and into the consumer layer, which we'll talk about next. The having some aspects of both, but it would generally mean that you have created some AI, but it's not a massive model that's like impactful in the way that an LLM is, or you've fine-tuned on top of one of these massive models in some way. Um, And generally, you have some consumer interaction. And I think these would mainly be very vertically specific, generally B2B businesses. So I think Harvey AI, Jasper AI, and Zapier are kind of good examples of these companies where they have AI but it's not as massive as something like uh, GPT-4 or Llama is. Now the next layer and this is what our friend from Hacker News helped me like get my head around is like, called the consumer layer. And this is like the layer that's absolutely focused in putting AI capability in front of individuals and making it part of everyday life. I'm think think like Siri, right? think like having your own personal uh assistant. There's gonna be a number and I think what's funny about this is that there's gonna be heaps and heaps of application model companies out there. There's gonna be heaps of Harvey AIs. There's gonna he- be heaps of Jaspers. But I think when we go one layer deeper towards the consumer, well there's gonna be actually not that many. Because I think we're in the world where we're that they're gonna be giving these away for free because it's almost commoditized AI. Personal assistant AIs are going to be a diamond dozen in a couple of years. We're already seeing uh, search engines, new search engines popping up left, right, and center, such as Perplexity and things like that. And at the end of the day, it's going to come down to like whether you use a Pixel or an iPhone, or whether you use Windows or Mac. Um, and it, there'll be things that determine that preference for you. But I think this is where big tech is going to be like really battling it out at this layer, and so they're kind of almost going to be like. Big Tech's going to be in the massive model layer and they're going to be in the consumer layer and it's going to be things like giving away AI free to the consumer so those are kind of the five layers um, and I think the dynamics of these this chain is that it kind of is like a like a little like a little bonbon right like it's really thin in terms of number of players at the top end there's not going to be that many Nvidias or AMDs because it's just so expensive to do and you mm-hmm. need massive scale. There's going to be a few more infrastructure players, so get the curve gets a little bit fatter, and then we're going to get to this like massive model and application. There's going to be more at the massive model level, especially as open source projects come out, and then we're going to get to the application model layer, and it's going to be massive. There's going to be thousands of these companies. We've like every every week there's ten that are raising money at the moment at this application level, and then when we come back to this consumer layer, so we're at this give it away for free, get make make AI a feature. It's gonna be, it's gonna be small once again. It's gonna like thin out, so it's almost like this, like, like bonbon esque, bonbon
1: esque. Mm. That's um, interesting. I mean, do you think this value chain includes all the cases where AI is there, but it's not like it kind of just blurs into the background eventually, you know, like. You use some stuff and it's got AI in it and you just don't think about the fact that it's AI in it. Like, I don't know, Spotify makes you a playlist yeah, and there's probably some really advanced AI doing that. But you don't think, oh, yeah, AI playlist. You're like, Yep, cool playlist. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I've, I was trying to think about this as well. Where do the companies fit? Where they have AI in the back end but you don't actually friggin' see it? Like, where does where does like where does YouTube fit on? If you take YouTube out of Google, right? They've got AI. They've got AI working on the algorithm that suggests you content. They've got AI hmm. working on how to best deliver. Where do, where do they fit on this? And I think they're kind of in this like application consumery world almost. But yeah, I'm not sure exactly where these like fade into the fade into the distance AI is but my feeling is that it's going to be there's ones where you don't see AI is probably going to be more at the they're going to fit more in the consumer Mm. because they're essentially giving AI for free and it's making it part it's making making it a product feature not making it the product
1: yeah definitely and I think you know when AI is not front and center and when there's business models that involve giving away AI for free that to me puts massive downward price pressure yeah. everybody below this consumer layer in the value chain.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. So I thought what we could jump into here is that, like, well, kind of how I see these different layers, especially the bottom end, so the massive models, the applications and the consumer, and, like, what are the kind of dynamics going to play out there? Um, a hardware I've already mentioned, which is, like, it's, like, the competitive advantage in this space is just scale so like nvidia and amd like they've got massive distribu- they've got massive scale already so it'll come down to like cost per dollar of compute like mm-hmm. there'll be some personal preferences around the edge like if you're a gamer and you really want to use x or y whatever it is but like at the end of the day if you're a- aws you're going to you're going to be like well actually not aws cuz they're making their own silicon but if you're if you're like purchasing gpus it's going to come down to dollar per compute and i actually think what's going to be interesting here is some of these players moving up to making their own chips like we're starting to see, like Apple to some extent and AWS Mm. and Google. So that'll be interesting to watch that
1: space. I remember a long time ago reading this article about sort of populations, economics and space travel and how there are certain sort of combinations of GDP and population density that mean that building a rocket makes sense. Do you think that in a similar way, but obviously with a smaller individual fixed cost, the hype cycle as it is with AI is allowing these things to exist at this high price point? But as we continue, people will sort of, the sheen will wear off. And it may be possible that some of these AI offerings, especially at this massive model layer, they just don't make sense as a business when the price drops below a certain amount because I think compute and building hardware has some pretty laws of physics-esque constraints and consumer level has price elasticity of consumers. In the middle, you kind of need those two things to balance out to run a feasible business.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, interesting to think. Is like when when AI is such a feature in different in all products, and the value of AI gets reduced to essentially zero, and people are no longer willing to pay twenty dollars a month to access a probability generator on words, um, things like ChatGPT won't exist probably.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and wait, was that at certain GDPs countries end up building rockets? Is that is that Was that kind of it? Like certain Yeah,
1: GDP it, it was sort of, and this was a like long time ago. We're so rich, we
0: can build a rocket.
1: Yeah. You need sort of a certain level of GDP, general economic prosperity, and interest in space travel to all come together to have, you know, in this case, it was well before SpaceX, so we was talking about government-funded yeah. space programs. Yeah. You know, if you look to large parts of Europe or really anywhere in the world right now because there's a lot going on economically, if part of the Australian budget that's due out soon was we're going to build rockets for X billion dollars, people would probably riot in the streets. Well, I mean, who am I kidding? It's Australia. They would riot on Twitter. Yeah. They'd
0: be mildly disgruntled in person. Yeah, Um, yeah, exactly. It would be interesting. Uh, I'd like to now see, like, when did China and India decide to have a space program?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I just wonder if there is something similar. Obviously, this isn't at the sovereign level and it's not government funded, but, you know, this balancing point that we need to strike between availability of compute as well, I mean, I think that's a slept on fact is that like, there just might not be enough GPUs to have Mate, a million is, massive model companies.
0: This was my red hot. This was our one of our red hot takes is like sovereign sovereign compute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we've got the hardware layer um, and with the competitive advantage of scale there, AMD, NVIDIA doing pretty well. There's going to be some major tech breakthrough in somewhere or mm-hmm. like that's going to pop up or like some niche chip, manufacturer that has a very specific application like for who knows like fucking tesla might decide to like start manufacturing chips for all we know with what they're doing with dojo um yes um and they like to flex at how good at manufacturing they are so they might do something like that but you yeah, know, there'll be a few pop-up here and there but at the end of the day and there'll be people going back up the chain like aws and apple but at the end of the day it'll probably come down to cost per compute um mm-hmm infrastructure layer so which is our aws's of the world and the googles and obviously all these things overlap and aws is part of amazon and they'll be playing in other parts of it but uh we kind of already know who the players are and who they're going to be it's going to be aws it's going to be azure it's going to be google cloud i think there's going to be a few new companies that pop up around like snowflake did with cloud compute like it popped up out of nowhere and became a very valuable company because it solved a very very specific problem that aws and google cloud wasn't addressing so that'll be interesting to see when there's like some very specific companies that pop up providing this. Um, then, uh, but at the end, uh, once again, this is going to come down to like your ability to average your fixed costs. over so many, many, many customers, so scale, because this is a fixed cost business. Like sure, there's a bit of variable cost in running of these things and stuff like that. But like the hardware is one of the biggest and building the building of the centers is one of the biggest costs of, of this. Mm-hmm. Um, Then moving into the massive model layer, and I just really think that the secret source here is going to be scale. And by scale, I mean, do you have the capability to make something massive and do a massive investment? And that would be a massive investment in engineers, a massive investment in compute. um, And just basically, do you have enough resources to fund it? Um, And there's two models to do that, which is the open source way, which will be free labor by a very, very dedicated group Or it's going to be by someone that might be like big tech, which has lots of money, lots of engineers, lots of compute available Mm -hmm. and willing to invest. And I think if you're not in open source, the only thing that makes you going to be able to play in this massive model space and make GPT-4s, equivalents and things like that, is you invest a lot here. You might be able to make a little bit of money in the models through B2B contracts with people building on top. But really, you're just going to basically be giving them away for free, with the ability to make money somewhere else. And so, I think these, like, sure, they're gonna, there, there will, I think there will not be that many players in the massive model, and there will be a lot of power in these companies. But it's not because their AI is so magical and so good. I think it's going to be because they just have so much money. It's going to be like airlines, where like buying a plane isn't that difficult, except for the fact that you need a fucking lot of money to do it. And yeah. so therefore, there's not going to be that many. Like every time, a you know, a third airline tries to pop up in Australia every 10 years and it ends up going bankrupt because like there's just not enough money to share around for multiple companies.
1: <laughs> well, to be fair, there's not enough money really even to support two. That's uh, the last five years has shown us.
0: Yeah. So yeah. like they're going to be big and they're going to be powerful, but I don't think it's because like chat GPT is so good. It's going to be because like, OpenAI has a shit ton of money and a shit ton of engineers, and yeah. sure, they got, and they had a shit ton of capability when it was rare. But the capability is getting less rare. Yeah. Um. So that's a massive model label, and I think yeah, secret sauce is just like can do you have a, Do you have enough money in the bank to be able to build this? So the application model layer, which is going to be the stuff that we're we're touching, I think, and there's going to be as we said, there's going to be like the actual like hey, I'm buying this AI product like Harvey AI. And then there's going to be the like, hey, this is part of the feature of Adobe Photoshop. And I think the secret sauce here is just going to be proprietary or niche data. And when I say that, I also include the ability to label that correctly as well. Um, Or it's going to be UX and your day AI is just kind of AI and it just does the thing. It's like, or it's going to be distribution. And that is like Adobe goes in and goes, Hey, we got Photoshop and we've now got our own we've now got our own generative AI, but really they just bought a license to DALI and hooked it up and integrated and bada bing, bada boom. Yep. That's it. And they've got the distribution, they've already got all the enterprise agreements, they've got already got all the consumers on board, they've already got all the communities. And bang, it's in there, it's integrated. And I don't think that, like, this is where we're going to see the most AI, like, in the news and in our daily lives. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, there's going to be very few companies with an actual advantage here. Um, yeah. And those very few companies will be on the distribution side of it or the proprietary data. So, like, whether it's a medical database or something like a hospital decides to go, like, spin out a company and create something on that. Sure, some people are going to win on UX because they have a great UA way to search or something like that. But, like...
1: Yeah, I think the other one that could win here is like weird regulatory capture. In oh, yeah. If you just take GPT 4, fork it, build a variant, get it approved yep. as HIPAA compliant or whatever, and then, you know, put a couple of extra zeros on the price tag, there's yep. going to be businesses there just for that purpose.
0: Yeah, like self driving car algorithms, right? Mm. Like, once again, where it's like just the friggin pain to get something approved to do it is going to be so hard that. There's only going to be a few out there. Yeah, it... um, and I, and just on that, I actually think Tesla is a really good example of this application that's playing across the entire spectrum. Like they free and own GPUs at the entire day, and it's just a good mm-hmm. ca- it's just a good example to show that like companies play across the entire different parts of the spectrum.
1: Who else would you say? I mean, I like that idea. You know, I think let's say Google. Yeah, are they building hardware? Yes. Do they own infrastructure? Absolutely. Yeah. Are The shipping mod- massive models. Yep. yep. Application models. Yep. Google Cloud and consumer products. Probably. I mean, Android is packed with a bunch of AI tools.
0: Exactly. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. So it's almost like big tech is going to win. Is kind of the the, <laughs> the TLDR of what I'm saying here. It's like yeah. open source and big tech. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I I do think that you know coming back to the the inspiration for this episode that the post being that Google admits that they have no moat no i think when you have no moat it makes sense to play across the entire stack because you're hedging your bets
0: oh and you also have to play where like the only advantage you have is scale and Mm. like it's really really difficult to get to that size to be there like you know like take bhp right the biggest miner in the world it's not like they have that much advantage but like like they just managed to be able to buy the stuff and get it out of the ground the cheapest in across a different, few different commodities.
1: Yeah, 100%. And, you know, as you as you were talking here, I was thinking about, like, what could mess up this stack? And, you know, let's say suddenly yeah. GPUs, we had a breakthrough, yep. and rather than having a warehouse full of GPUs, you could run a chat GPT-4-esque model yep. on your smartphone.
0: Exactly. It, it's a 10x change in something to disrupt this model. And mm-hmm. that's either a 10x at the, like, some chip comes out that is just like throws all of AWS's investment in the bin and like the chips that they just bought from NVIDIA are just you're worthless now and like, yeah, so, or it's something at the massive model layer which means like, oh, hey, yeah, I managed to create something that's like six times more powerful than GPT-4 but with three bits of data. Mm. Um mm. Yeah, yeah it, it's got to be some like step change thing which is like, oh shit. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: And, like, it's almost like, you know, maybe, maybe, but it's going to be hard to say because, like, obviously Transformers have been instrumental in where we are today. But would, would, if you created the next Transformer and you kept that proprietary, would that be enough?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. You know, especially if you could use yeah. that to get, I, I don't know if we're going to get an unfair advantage in quality or whether people are going to care as much. But I think if you can use this to mess with another layer, let's say you're at the massive model layer and you can release a GPT-4 equivalent model with you know, 1,000 times less parameters because yep. of your new super efficient architecture, you save on infrastructure and you can sell your product for less.
0: Which just comes back to your point, which is what happens, what does that mean? It means you can give it away for free yep. or like 1,000x less and therefore like attempt to like get some form of distribution. Um like yeah yeah. Yeah. And so this is where we come to the next layer, right? And I think actually like I know Google plays across the like the infrastructure, the massive model, the application, and this final layer, the consumer layer. But I actually think this big tech is gonna play really at the massive model layer and the consumer layer. And they're kinda just gonna ditch the application model layer. Well not ditch it, but like play there less. And the reason is is like if we think about the consumer layer, which in my mind, is giving making AI part of everyday life with the average human. And that Mm -hmm. is, it's the equivalent of giving search to everybody, right? And I think the reason why the massive model layer and the consumer layer go hand in hand is, as I said before, the secret sauce in massive model layer is do you have enough money and the ability to invest in a massive model? Yes. Okay. And the second thing with the consumer layer is can you get AI in front of people for free with the ability to make money somewhere else? And Google is just so set, well set up for this because this is their business model that I've already set. They're going to be able to leverage Gmail, they're going to be Docs, Android, whatever it is, they're going to be able to give you AI away for free, whether that's like the equivalent of the uh, GPT4, uh, GPT-4 in Microsoft, whether that is like better searching with AI through YouTube, whether that is the Siri equivalent in Android, whatever that's called. Oh, Hey Google or whatever it is. They are going to give you AI away for free. And those are just like integrating into current products. This isn't like thinking about the Google home, the personal assistant, the things that they could create on top of this and give away for free. And what are they going to do? They're going to make money on ads. This is their business model. And they're going to have a bit, and they are like starting to get into the hardware space a little bit as well. So they're going to make money. They have the ability to make money elsewhere so they can make, zero mm. money on the massive models and they can make zero money on the consumer layer and they can make money elsewhere.
1: Yeah. And I, I really think this is so important and what gets missed a lot. You know, we look at, say, perplexity yep. as an alternative um, search engine. Are you going to pay 10 bucks a month for a new
0: search engine? No. When, like, well, I am not, not going to be able to tell the difference. Yeah. They might, like, it's going to be, sorry, it's going to be so hard for them, for me and you, who know this space, to be able to tell the difference between their search engine and Google's.
1: Yeah, and that, and that's it. And, you know, even if you or I who maybe are a bit more tech aware and maybe a bit more privacy focused and would pay not to have all of our data sold to an advertising company, you know, we might pay 10 bucks a month. Is my mom going to pay 10 bucks a month? You know, I yeah. it, it, people out there who just don't care yeah, about yeah. that sort of thing gonna pay no way
0: I'm still trying to get my parents away from like writing down their passwords like on their
1: phone um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think this this will be such a battle and yeah I think you know all of these models that have done really well have done really well because they have a free version yeah yep. you might be able to work freemium and get a few people paying for some reason for the extra features, but again, you know, if, if I think about almost everyone I know, myself included, if there was AI in Google search that after 10 AI searches said, we're just going to revert back to normal Google search, unless you pay $10 a month, you best believe I'll just keep using normal Google search because I'm yet to see a use case where it really matters that much that I would pay it. I got enough subscriptions.
0: So let's um, what I thought would be interesting here is we've talked about Google a lot. Is to run through this big tech and think about how they're going to be how 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 well set up they are at the consumer layer, okay? Which is getting yeah. AI in front of the everyday person, giving it away for free and making money elsewhere. So I'm going to give you a few a few names, and you mm-hmm. give me your thoughts. Don't yep. cheat and look at my notes. All right, deal. Apple.
1: I think Apple. Apple to me is the. Biggest enigma in this space, in that they don't have a cloud platform. They're not. They're really only playing at. Well, it depends how wide we want these definitions, but they're really playing it like potentially m- application model layer and above. Yep. Um, for I think we think we think yeah. this is the other thing is we don't know, right? Like yeah. yeah. Look, so as of as of what you can pay Apple money for today, yep. it's application model layer and above. You can get into the Apple ecosystem and use some of their tools and then you can build consumer products. You can't pay Apple to, you know, run on their Apple cloud infrastructure, really. So I think if they're doing it for their own product sales, there's a lot of potential there. They've always been about sort of like seamless end-to-end builds on stuff. You know, your watch talks to your phone, talks to your laptop hooks to yeah. everything else. There's potential at the consumer layer. Um, yeah, I don't know where that's going to land. I I'd put they, that... Yeah, I'd roll the dice on them. i like... Yeah.
0: yeah. I think they're pretty well set up and if you think about Apple is like... You think Apple, you think good UX, right? Like pretty yeah. seamless, can buy a phone and give it to grandma, right? Like I think they're pretty in a good position to just keep that UX flywheel going. I don't think like... Siri will get better and better, but I don't think we're gonna see like them bring out a whole new AI product. But I think it's gonna make their current features better. So, like you know, like I keep getting suggestions every day with photos and stuff like that. That's gonna get better. There's gonna be auto editing on photos. There's gonna be, uh, you know, so, like pushing me more towards Apple Music and Apple TV and things like that. Like, so I think they're pretty well set up to like keep to use AI to keep the UX uh, the UX. Uh, flywheel spinning yeah
1: although you know a very real example of where they may be falling behind i was at dinner with my mom the other day uh my mom and my sister and i have a dog and my sister has a dog and my mom loves both our dogs and takes a lot of photos of them and we were looking through apple photos because she was like oh i've got these pictures that i wanted to show you of your dog from years ago and i was like oh mom just search dog yeah. It'll come up and she searched dog and it did in fact return a bunch of photos of dogs, but only my dog. And mm. when, because that was the dog she was looking for, my mom was suddenly like, wow, this is awesome. And then we we're like, cool, let's get some of my sister's dog. And we just could not find a combination of keywords that would show the other dog despite being tons of photos in there. Yeah, And I just thought that was such an interesting thing where like, you can get you know, both myself and my mom were impressed a little spellbound by how well that worked and then it was instantly shattered because it was like, cool, that worked, but also it's now frustratingly difficult to you know, get pictures of my sister's dog.
0: Yeah. So I think Apple's, they're in a great spot to keep this UX thing going, but this is just to the whole point of this, which is, as hey, a feature, not a product for Apple. They're still going to sell more phones and watches
1: hundred percent hundred percent even yeah. Siri which is a pretty much an AI assistant is yeah. a feature
0: yeah Microsoft
1: I think they're pretty well set to compete with Google they yeah. have hardware they have infrastructure massive models application layer consumer products yep yeah, yeah.
0: I think they're going to do really well because they're just going to keep bundling crap in like they did with Teams, inferior yeah. product to Slack, but hey, it's now part of everyday life and it's another reason why we can't get rid of Microsoft Office at work. Yeah. Keep bundling it in, keep rising the prices, keep getting more of my data onto Azure. Like They're in a great spot to just keep, keep throwing at it. I think an interesting question will that be for them is are they better off just, like, rolling OpenAI into Microsoft or making it themselves, which is cheaper? Yeah. Which is more effective, sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. And I wonder if, in the end, the way that OpenAI is set up will come back to bite OpenAI in terms of it's cheaper for Microsoft to let them die yeah. and do it themselves than to buy them or out. Or, like,
0: yeah, learn everything from OpenAI, then yeah. suddenly jack up and use up all those fake Azure credits slash money. Um, okay. Amazon.
1: Amazon's an interesting one. I think everything up to consumer layer, they're very strong. Yep. Consumer layer, don't get me wrong. Like Amazon.com, and even even Amazon Prime, like the the Prime Video to a certain extent, quality quality yep. products. Um, Twitch, I guess, is another one that's that's sort of slept on, but they're really not doing a great job of running Twitch. Um, yeah, I think they sit down the, the bottom layers. I think if I had to bet on which cloud provider that sort of plays at the bottom of that stack, well, I guess I, I'm talking just so we're using the same terminology. To me, the bottom is like hardware yeah. and consumer is at the top. So yeah. if we're betting just say hardware who, layer. yeah, who's <laughs> winning down near the hardware layer, I'd, I'd put Amazon above Google, yeah. whereas Google I think will win at the consumer layer more than Amazon will.
0: Yeah, I, I really couldn't think of what Amazon would be doing that I would see that I would see or notice. Like, you notice the dog example with Apple, and I think that you'll notice a few things there where it's a feature, whereas, like, I think Amazon will be a lot of, I'll call it back-office AI, so, like, basically helping to reduce staff or, like, you know, basically, like, keep chipping away at that big fixed cost layer within Amazon. Mm-hmm. I also think, though, that could do something completely dark horse, like, with Amazon Studios start producing stuff that's like 30% AI generated or something that like, you know, yeah. to help reduce, like help churn out content, things like that. So, yeah. I don't know. I, I actually put Amazon more as a dark horse in my head than, than Apple because um, they've also got Alexa and stuff like that, which is interesting. So they do have that like actual AI interface with human beings. Before we know it, like the little robo vacuum cleaner thing that they bought could just be <laughs> like I'll AI generated. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, I, I think Amazon, like, I think they're going to, yeah, as you said, play up at the, uh, play, play down, play at the hardware layer, yeah. the hardware and yeah. infrastructure layer, and they're going to be massive there. Um, uh, especially, and I think they might be the ones, the first interesting ones to go out and like start building their own silicon. And the reason is, is they don't have hardware and it's somewhere that the other guys aren't playing and they've always wanted to have their own hardware. Same with Meta. Like, they tried, they managed to do it with the Kindle, but they tried to release a tablet that failed miserably, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. I thought if they wanted to, like, own some physical stuff, they might actually go that way. But, yeah.
1: And moving on, Meta. Mm. To me, Meta feels... Yeah, they're a weird one, too. Like, sure, they have a bunch of products, but when we think about their products like Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp, I don't think there's any AI features that would get me posting on Facebook again. Um, On the other hand, like they do own a lot of hardware and infrastructure. Like they could end up moving more towards being a sort of provisional layer for other things. I don't know. I feel like meta, but meta just feel like they're in a weird spot. Like the very fact that they're called Meta because Metaverse was hot like two years ago and now they're all in on AI. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of smart people there, but they don't seem to be doing as well. I think, yeah.
0: I reckon Google, Google or Microsoft will most likely end up as the, I'll say the winner. And my measure of winner is like, how valuable does the company end up becoming on the stock stock market um, from AI? I think Google and Microsoft will probably end up being one of the winners, but those two are competing hard. Google is also, I think, competing the most. It's competing directly with Microsoft and it's also Mm -hmm. competing directly with Apple. And I know Apple's kind of competing with Microsoft, but they're more on the... They're not as much because Microsoft's bread and butter is like b2b enterprise software for offices so i feel like google is like suffering the most competitive pressure on both fronts but i think google and microsoft could be the winner but then again i would put like dark horse amazon could just like crush everyone without us knowing it Um, i think apple will just play their own game but i just didn't even consider meta i nearly forgot to put them on the list that's how i feel about them i think they're like really they're going to struggle the most here because the only ai solution that i can think that isn't back office is like something that makes us spend more time on our phone and that's kind of like a trend that people don't want. There's a lot of AI applications that I see in a lot of these places that add value in a, like, I'll say less controversial way than spending more time on social media, looking at, TikTok, uh, looking at, I just called it TikToks, but, you know, looking at short form video and uh, yeah. and pictures.
1: Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I think, you know, Netflix probably falls into a similar bucket. Like think of traditional big tech, like, yeah, they're huge. They've got a great consumer layer. They're probably doing interesting stuff at most levels of the stack, but they're not going to be known for shipping products at the infrastructure layer. Mm.
0: Um, the final point that I wanted to make on this, or mm. like this consumer is I think we're going to see so many companies started here and started in the application layer and they just get absolutely crushed when big tech just makes it free. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think, think about like, Masks, right? Like Snapchat brought that out, right? Like someone probably developed that, and they probably bought that from someone. Where like masks are, you know, masks for your little phones, so yep. you can have funny yep. horns or whatever it is. Like if that's like, I couldn't think if that's a like a product someone makes. Someone just got like one of these companies just give it away for free. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And I think a good example here is like Slack and Teams once again, which is like Slack was doing sold it. Slack just founders nailed it. Um, yep. <laughs> Sold at the right time. Uh, well, IPO'd at the right time, then sold again at the right time. But anyway, Slack, where it's like great product, great UX, Microsoft just gave it away for free and it's like Salesforce is probably sitting there thinking, fuck, we overpaid.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there's some moves Slack could make to be more yeah, like, you know, Slack plus Notion plus like confluency y yeah. team collaboration. But yeah, I totally agree. Um, and I think this really nails what I think we both agree on, which is that it's going to be much easier to sell AI as a feature than AI as a product. I think the yep. products that succeed at the consumer layer are not AI as a product. Yep. They're AI in amongst a really good product experience.
0: Mm. So this is the like the million-dollar question. If you're sitting there as like a potential person that wanted to found a company in the AI space, do you just give up? What do you do? Give up, go home, go work for one of the big guys, and just admit nah. defeat.
1: No, nah, I I don't think so. I think um, the ability to get started definitely increases as you go from consumer down to hardware. To start a new hardware company, you really you'd need some sort of deep yep. tech type foundational technology infrastructure. You could do it on a niche. I think um, yep. you could have like hospital grade security yep. AI infrastructure play. I'm sure you could get away with that. Massive model layer. Yeah. You need some money, but you know, maybe you could get yeah, it if done.
0: You, if you're in the middle of a PhD and you come across something great.
1: Yeah. Well, you have got an exit before, or you had, you just have some reason to compete application model layer. If you want to just glue stuff together and make an API out of it, it's a lot of groundwork, but it's definitely possible to get going. Yeah. And at the consumer layer, there's never been an easier time to slap stuff together. And I think, you know, we experienced this when we were running Maxwell Plus for however many years. Everybody said, yeah, uh, we both have Maxwell Plus shirts on today. By <laughs> mere coincidence. Um, you can tell we both need to do laundry. but
0: uh, uh, Also not a coincidence because the amount of Maxwell Plus shirts that we both well, still yeah. have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Um, but like through our whole journey, everyone said, oh, Google will do this and you'll just be done. You know, they'll just they'll just build it. But the size of the problem yeah. that needs to exist for one of these other companies to try and compete with you yeah. needs to be pretty big. I mean look at look at Linktree, for heaven's sake. Like that's one of those companies where I'm like, man, they've done really well solving a problem that I look at and think this is the stupidest. Thing in the whole world
0: yep yep and they're but they've laugh- nailed it they're laughing all the way to the bank <laughs>
1: and they absolutely are and power to them because they like they saw something that I didn't which is this is a problem that a lot of people need but is in a weird spot that no giant tech company is going to solve this problem because yep. it's just not worth it and then exactly. they got scale and everybody used it and then they was get a lot bo- of money
0: like Instagram or someone will buy them like someone will buy them yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I think this is like we're, we're talking a lot about like how it's going to be really hard to money blah, blah 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 like open AI to make it oh how could I ever make it but this also means that there's literally never been a better time to start a company in this space in my opinion because <laughs> it is the focus because there are people wanting to work in this space because there is money wanting to flow to the space this is this is ironically even though we've been talking doom and gloom and as you said basically what you're saying is that like you have two things to your advantage one is being able to be niche and the second thing as well is, um, no, that's really it. No, there's yeah. only one thing, which is like you can go niche and you can focus on a problem that is a really big fucking problem for a small amount of people. Like I don't sit here every day go like fuck I wish I had a personal assistant, um, but like I'm gonna have one in within the next three years from Google or, or Apple. Yeah, yeah. And, but and there the- is like definite yeah. stuff at work where I'm sitting there going like oh my god can someone make an AI tool that will mean I don't have to do. It? Do this anymore,
1: and yeah, and again, this is it. It's going to be a feature of a wider product experience. You're not going to go to ChatGPT and ask it about every little thing. You want to flow a UX, a wrapper around this that is designed for the actual problem at bay. Hundred percent. I mean, ninety percent of these problems that are being solved by ChatGPT, someone could solve right now with a couple of Python scripts or even you know a few Google searches. But yeah. that's super annoying, and the reason Chat GPT is good is because there's a nice UX, but yeah. when we get really specific, that UX is not going to cut the mustard. No, it
0: is not so
1: so to challenge you know this in the other direction with your uh, fan dangled investor hat on, yep, if you're looking at deals, and you know there's probably millions of deals out yep. there floating around at the minute, from your perspective which of these layers would you most want to put money against
0: <laughs> uh, like so like the way that i think about it is like the further towards the hardware you go the more science experimenting the more exp- science experimenting it gets the r- the riskier it gets but at the same time if you back the the next nvidia at the at the founding stages you're going to return the fun easy like yeah. that's uh, yeah so there's that there's, there's, there's that dynamic, right? Like where there's, you would literally play at every end of the spectrum, but you're just sitting there with the risk in the ward. And like the risk to me comes down to like, how likely are you able to nail what I think is the important features in each of these, which I kind of rattled off. So for example, like, uh, for example, like at the, secret, at, at the application layer, I would be asking the questions of like, do you have some form of proprietary data in some niche space Or do you have the UX or do you have the distribution? It's unlikely to be the distribution if you're talking to me for investment. But like, if you have like some form of niche data and the capability to turn that into something and I can sit there and go like, actually, you know what? Someone, someone like Google's not going to turn around and do this tomorrow. Or like, oh, actually, you know what? Someone who doesn't know how to develop AI who's an incumbent in this space would like to purchase that in a few years time. Absolutely. Like... In reality, like, I'm probably going to see more application and more consumer layers come across my desk than I am hardware. But at the, um, you you would look at every end of the spectrum and just be juggling that risk-reward.
1: That is a very... Uh, Boring answer. esque <laughs> answer. Yeah. yeah. Cheering from the sidelines for all layers in the stack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, fair just, call. Yeah. Yeah. Fair call. I mean, that is always the answer. I well,
0: think. where would you uh, put putting your... Uh, product hat on putting your AI hat on where would you I'm trying to like say where would you go start something or where would you yeah where would or where would you be interested to like throw 10 grand at a company at the angel stage
1: application model layer yeah I think I think the chances of me stumbling across a hardware or infrastructure winner are pretty low and them needing 10 grand for me is pretty low I think that massive models is played out and it's really going to be damn hard to compete. I think consumer layer, it's hard to make the right bet. There's too many of them. To me, the application model layer with a smart pitch of we're going to do this for healthcare or legal or finance yeah. and provide APIs for really boring shit that yeah massive model people don't want to provide and consumer layers don't want to build themselves. Yeah, I reckon that's that's the ticket.
0: Yeah, and I even think like, and I know you, and I know I'm not correcting you here because you probably mean this. You were being brief for our listeners, but I think it's like not even as niche as like it's more niche than law. It's like we are here to get rid of conveyancing of properties during the purchasing process, and that is our AI, and that's where we're starting. And if we nail that, we'll build up a database, and we'll build up a well-labeled database that 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 we can then turn into whatever other legal aspects there are of buying a house or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah, there's
0: a company in Australia this week that raised money and they're b- like $7 million and they basically just do online wills and then they built a bunch of features around that as well.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. And they got
0: like 200,000 customers, yep.
1: crushing it. We'll Good plug your them. pest and building report into an AI and pull out red flags. That's absolutely. all we do. Yep. And we, we don't sell that as a direct-to-consumer product. You know, we just sit in the middle so that convincing firms can charge an extra fifty bucks for this dumb board. Yep. That's I think there's in the short term, short yep. to medium term, there's gonna be a lot of money to be made right there. Yeah.
0: And I re- I think like another summary of today as well is like we've been talking about like AI becoming a feature. I think what this means for people that are wanting to found a company and startups is that like B2B software became sexy ten years ago and it will remain sexy just yeah. building in some AI functionality will just probably probably be a good way to raise money at the moment.
1: <laughs> yep, yeah, 100%. The real value is going to come in the long tail and the long time horizon, much like, look, anything that is actually valuable in Web3 yeah. is, is probably still 10 years away. Yeah. This AI bubble will burst, but there will be real value created throughout the process.
0: And my gosh, we're excited about that.
1: Well, yes, you here. Here I was, mate, here.
0: thinking we, we didn't have 60 minutes worth of content. But I reckon I could keep going for another 60. But we'll call it there, I reckon.
1: We will. We will. And thanks for listening up to this point. It's great to have you, dear listeners. And hopefully you found this interesting. And until roughly this time next week, I hope you're having a great time. Go out and start those businesses. Put your money into those businesses and... Uh, Doing what you're doing,
0: yeah, hit us up to be
1: first users. <laughs> that's it, that's it. We will road test just about anything, but we do not promise to give everything a favorable review. So, if you ask us to review something, you may hear us talk about how shit your product is yeah. on a podcast. So, be forewarned, anyway. Ta ta for now. Bye bye. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to another episode. If you're liking this content, make sure you subscribe and like so we keep on going. And if you have any questions, make sure you hit us up on Twitter, join our Discord, or leave them in the comments below. Thanks again.